0: Welcome, everyone, to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. My name is Charles Laux, and I am your host. This week is our second episode, and we are featuring Dr. Blair Williams, who is the Assistant Professor of Music Education and Director of the Texas Tech University String Project. Welcome, Dr. Williams. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Dr. Laux.
0: It is great that you're here. Um, Dr. Williams and I kind of crossed paths through um, some of our uh, education at The Ohio State University, and we both had served um, under the tutelage as, and as a uh, teaching assistant with Dr. Robert Gillespie there. So um, it's we have some of the same uh, pedagogical genes, I guess you could say. You bet. Um, so <laughs> so our, um, I just want to, so that our listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better, can you tell us about maybe your background and your, your career and some of the highlights and then your current teaching situation?
1: Sure. So I grew up in um, South Central Kansas, in Newton, Kansas, and had uh, really great um orchestra instruction and music instruction in my hometown and um, decided to pursue a career in music education because of those incredible mentors um, and ended up at Baylor University um, with Kathy Steely as my um, viola professor there who Mm -hmm. happened to be from my hometown. Um, So there was a connection there and then I was integrated into Texas music education at Baylor Um, student taught in the Waco area and then ended up um, being a part of an emerging program there that had just started um, prior to my start of undergrad um, in the area. So I got to be a part of the process of them growing that new program um, as an undergraduate student, but then as a student teacher and then a new hire in that program as it developed. So it was really cool to see that process. Yeah. Um, and be a part of that growth. And then I decided to go back into, um, my graduate studies and I did a master's degree at Kansas state university with David Luttrell as my oh, main wow. advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he offered me really great opportunities to be a part of the, um, gold orchestra there and the youth symphony and also part of the conducting, um, a graduate conducting, um, student too, but a part of the educational area. Um, and While right. I was there, I got to meet Dr. Gillespie at a conference and <sighs> talk about the future <laughs> Yeah, and um, got the privilege to be at Ohio State and work on my PhD and applied for the position at Texas Tech when it came open um, and was honored to be asked to come be a part of their faculty. And I have been there now five years. This is my fifth wow. year. Um, at Texas Tech, I get to, it really does. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, at Texas Tech, I am, um, string music education. We offer a string music education specialist at Texas Tech, which Mm -hmm. of course is excellent for our string music education majors. And, um, I also oversee the Texas Tech university string project as a part of my assignment at Tech.
0: Yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about your string project and uh, the, kind of the size and scope and how sure. how yours works?
1: So I had never worked in a string project under the National String Project Consortium until mm-hmm. I was the director at Texas Tech. Um, so I it was a lot of baptism by fire and <laughs> learning <laughs> how that yeah. particular process works. But every string project, just like a Outreach program in any community is going to have its own unique perspective, its own unique um, situation, because it's there to foster the development of those youth. And we offer adult um, classes in the area, but also mm-hmm. the needs of our students at the university, too. Um so, I learned a lot about the string projects and how those are built, and asked a lot of questions. <laughs> sought advice from you <laughs> many times oh. Oh, as well. you were at kind Kennesaw of working in their string That's project right. and um
0: which started from scratch, yeah,
1: right, right. Yeah. well, and um Bruce Wood, one of the original um, string project consortium. Um, board members had created the program at Tech originally, and we are celebrating our 19th anniversary this year. It's the 20th wow. anniversary of String Projects across the country, or at least under the National String Project Consortium. And um, so we're Great. really honored to be a part of that larger outfit because we can use that as a community of advisors as well. Yes. The String Project at Texas Tech serves youth and adults oh, wow, are okay. students are fourth and fifth graders. Um, and they, because we have a really strong youth orchestra in town, um, and a Suzuki program. So we have several access points for students. And then we have public school stream music education in two of our three larger school districts here in the area. So they start in sixth grade. So we don't want to, you know, try to compete for students. We want to make sure it's a complement to what other programs are doing. So we only offer a two year program. Um, Mm -hmm. We've talked about, you know, additional years as a supplement, but at the same time, like I said, we have the youth orchestra and some other outlets that they can be a part of. So we want to make sure that that's a part of our larger community outreach. Um. The adults, we just started four years ago now. We're at the Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma class. (laughs) (laughs) And we generally start somewhere between like 10 and 20 adults, and they start in January. So we're getting ready to recruit for them right now. Wow. Um, Just to offset the youth recruitment. (laughs) <laughs> in mm-hmm. the fall. And you have
0: you probably have all ages. I mean
1: we do. Um and yeah. we even advertise it at the college. So um at the university. Oh, okay. Um so if there are university students that, you know, maybe they just don't want to play, you know, intramural dodgeball this semester and they want to take right. out something else as an additional activity, they can sign up to be a part of the string project.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So it's really cool. It's a wonderful, eclectic group of people, yeah, <laughs> um, that just come together for for making music and learning. And they, we, I, I think my favorite part is you know, on every concert we do a finale where every participant is in it, and so it's our fourth graders, it's our adults, it's all of wow. our university students. So it's That's really cool. A big picture, right? To see all the different levels and all the different, just people, people, people make right. the music. The humanism of the music—that's
0: great. And and uh, with the adults, you know, some of them probably have wanted to play for a long time, or maybe did, uh, do you have some that used to play and stopped and playing?
1: A, well, it's a mix. Some of them um, mm-hmm. played. Some of them maybe played a different instrument. So it's interesting to hear their story. Um, Maybe strings wasn't offered in their community. Um, So now they get to take their clarinet skills and apply them on the violin. (laughs) And um, others have never had an opportunity to do it. And they're retired or um, their kids are gone to school. They're empty nesters and they're taking up a new um, skill, a new activity just for themselves
0: fantastic well that is such a really cool opportunity that you're offering both the younger students and the adults uh, yeah. that that opportunity you know just to give them to give them that training and and I'm sure it's a, you know very affordable and um it's it's just fantastic to spread that love of of what we get to do you bet. so what is your what what is your problem, what is your favorite part of each day uh and maybe some of the things that you just love about teaching position and uh, we're gonna get into talking about teacher training so what are some things oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah that you love about your day?
1: So I, I just love engaging with our undergrad and graduate students from so many different walks of life that want to make music education their goal they want to pass on that inspiration that they had mm-hmm. from a teacher um, or even a parent etc um, that, uh, they want to go out and, and do. Um, I think some of the, um, interesting things I, I love hearing the most is when we send students into classrooms in whatever Mm -hmm. type of class, whether that was, you know, a one-time methods class observation all the way to their practicum and student teaching experiences and how they, they make that turn from student to teacher as they, they start to kind of almost think about, okay, what would I have done in that situation? Here's, here's what happened. Here's what I really love. The teacher did. Here's, here's how I want to make that a part of my toolbox, um, for my future and having them, you know, sometimes I used to think that that would get boring to hear (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All the time, but I'm inspired by it every single time, and I love that um, that spark that our teacher community can continue to give back to our next generation of teachers.
0: That is great. So, it, it, I'm—I mean, this—you could tell that that you have just you're just in love with with teacher training. And so, what are some of the reasons that you decided to go into higher education? Because you taught public school for how many years?
1: Only four years, um, Mm -hmm. but I um, taught as an assistant, but also as a director, Um, and in the program I was teaching, uh, we did a lot of team teaching, and Mm -hmm. I loved that aspect because I got to learn from my colleagues every day um, and from the different students, and so I loved that part of it, and when I was contemplating going back for just the master's degree, I had every intention of coming back into secondary teaching, um, because that's what I love. I love, I mean, once a middle school teacher, always a middle school teacher, right? Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, I loved that part of it, but as I got to see more about the in-depth part of the research and also the opportunities to continue to work with such a wide range of ages of people, and whether they're university students or my fourth graders in the string project or the adults in the string project or conducting a, yeah, regional a lot of diversity. There's mm-hmm. just so much going on that I really enjoyed that as well. so it 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 grew on me <laughs> sure. and then mm-hmm. just like anyone, our mentors continue to go, "Hey, I think you'd be good at this." Um, so listening to them
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they know they've, they've seen it so many times and they can just tell your strengths and, and that you, that you would be the perfect fit. And I, I think that you are.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> so I learned uh, from
1: the best.
0: Uh Well, yes, I agree. Um, so, uh, so the, so those are some of the reasons and then can you tell us more about um you know the, what you think about teacher training and you know I know obviously there's a string teacher shortage and there's so many jobs that are coming available um, Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and sure um what you think what you think about on this topic?
1: Some of my research right now is a collaborative um, team looking at not just stream music education, but music education in general and um, recruitment for teachers. Um, And some of the things that we have um, mostly just wanted to dig deeper into is the why. And I loved in the first episode how you and Matthew talked about, Um, The perception of just teaching right now Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things about the value of education and how we continue to um, build that value for our students and how we can do that as teachers in strings and in music education, of course, um, every day. And what we're finding more prevalent in the research is that our students are more and more um, drawn in by their secondary teachers. And maybe Mm -hmm. in our generation, it was more your high school director, but there's more and more evidence being shown that that middle school director is making that happen for those those students. And wow. so we need to think about not just okay, we've got time to influence the student,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But from the get-go, we want them to feeling you know engaged and a part of it, and feel valued for their contributions. Um, and so ways that we can maybe try to um, give a teaching experience, or a conducting experience, or a leadership experience, not just in the high school realm, realm, but also in the middle school.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I had, uh, when I, when I taught middle school, uh, that was out when I was in Las Vegas, um, I did have, you know, officers and it was a lot more of a limited scope than what my leadership does now, um, at the high school level, but, um, it definitely helped cultivate them and, um, made them want to do music a lot more and, and even think about becoming teachers and, and, um. I can think of uh, one student from there uh, that has become a music teacher um, and mm-hmm. she's just, she's, she's awesome. And uh, she would just, I could, you could just tell she I only had her in sixth grade and then I had left that uh, Las Vegas to move um, uh, elsewhere. And, but I mm-hmm. could just tell that she had some kind she had that special kind of drive and, and from just from the get go, um, g- giving different opportunities and, um, yeah. You could just tell that she was one of those, that she was going to go on. And and she did, which was really cool. And I got to see her at Midwest a couple of years ago, and, and it was just a really neat feeling and yeah. surprise. <laughs>
1: you bet. I have the incredible opportunity now to even give presentations with my former middle school and high school teacher. Um, and it's so fun for me to ask her or talk about, okay, these are the things that you did... <laughs> as specific Mm -hmm. strategies that have influenced an entire generation of music teachers, we need to write this down (laughs) and you're not alone. Like here are the other strategies from other, other incredible recruiting, recruiting teachers. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we get lost in the, and I know I did as a secondary teacher, we got to teach this skill and we have this pep rally and, you know, just the things (laughs) that, um, that kind of bog down the, Oh, yeah, we got to think about long term, too, and their their future.
0: Definitely a lot of interruptions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a fire drill today?
0: <laughs> we actually had a late start day today. Oh,
1: no. So
0: they, they do that. They started doing that the first uh, Wednesday of each month, late start. So um, we just came off a break, and now we have a late start, you know, off of our uh, Thanksgiving break late yeah. start. And then we had a, we had a four day weekend and then a day later we had another late start. So yeah. it's and just probably a, lot a concert
1: of, or two. <laughs> yeah. And the,
0: and the shorter classes and mm-hmm.
1: you bet. Yeah. So I think those are the biggest things that I'm really inspired about and ways mm-hmm. that I try to, you know, thinking about if the middle school student is really the starting point, right. Of the influence. Um, I'm kind of third rung at this point as a professor in higher education, Um, but thinking about our students who are pursuing music education and what I try to make sure my students in the methods courses, so when they're learning to play the string instruments as a part of their certification, that they understand that their certification generally is EC-12, and that they will be <laughs> expected mm-hmm. to teach all of these different things. And there might be a time that they need to live in a certain place. Or um, there aren't positions in their particular area. Um, and they there's going to be a need for music, uh, string music education. So pay attention. Because <laughs> there's a mm-hmm. job around the corner for you. Um, and that's exactly. been really cool to observe. I've had several students approach me after one um, semester of methods who have um, elected to interview, to teach in the stream project um, because uh-huh. they do have that semester of experience underneath their belt and, They are interested in just watching real students, of course, with those string instruments, be able to apply those strategies to the skills they learned in that class. Um, And I've had just in my five years, about three or four that are now teaching strings in, um, in their profession. And I'm really excited to continue to mentor them, but also that they saw a need and they are professional music educators. And, you know, uh, I had a mentor many years ago that said, I don't care if it's just a different vehicle for making music Mm -hmm. and we've got to figure out how they all operate. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah, that is very cool. Very cool. So do you have any, um, uh, research in the works that you're, that you're, uh, doing, uh, involving this different studies, or do you have any, um, presentations or posters that you're going to be um putting together or, or presenting uh in, in the upcoming conferences whether it's ASTA or state conferences or anything like that
1: yeah so i currently um have been a member of the um national association for music education society for music teacher educators um mm-hmm. and their aspa on teacher recruitment and through that aspa i was i was able to collaborate with several other teachers and, and professors, we just published an article, in update on, um, it's, a, it's a review of literature. Um, uh-huh. And this one focuses on uh, marginalized populations and also pre-collegiate um, populations. We have another one that will come out with, um, with uh, in-service, but also pre-service um, okay. teachers. So we're looking at those four main areas so that we can see, okay, what has changed over time and what are some of the strategies and focuses of um that we need to look into uh specifically
0: wow so those yeah. are the two
1: major projects right now um,
0: very interesting
1: yeah the other things that i do in my own research has mostly been focused on um string project and their Um, not just recruitment, but also their perceptions on teaching and how it's maybe affected what, um, what they want to teach or how they want to teach, where they want to teach, what levels they want to teach. So it's kind of a refinement on the recruitment, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which is interesting in and of itself. I have a study that I'm starting, um, right now that's on, uh, we just started an outreach project at one of our low SES, um elementary schools as a part of the string project and um, how how does teaching in this environment different and how do you prepare for this particular teaching environment but it's also wow. a different level than what these actually these other two teachers teach and one is a pre-service teacher but one is a there's a veteran teacher who's come back to work on a graduate degree so what? what have they noticed in the trends um, and their own approach now that they're coming at it in a different way um, too. So I'm really intrigued by this next study as well.
0: Yeah. That's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of that. Wow. This is just fascinating. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so cool. It's so cool. And, uh, you know, obviously we all, um, you know the the, the future of uh, of our profession relies on having enough teachers and having good teachers to inspire and motivate kids to want to you know play a string instrument but also uh we we have to always con- consider the uh the teacher recruitment as something that it's kind of all of our job to be able to do yes. that and it it's getting more and more difficult as Matt and I were we're talking a little bit about in, our, in the last episode just because mm-hmm. of, of the, the image that's out there, mm-hmm. but but you know, for me, and I have, and I do hear people talk, people I meet that um, are, are kind of negative about teaching. It was like I don't know how you can do that, and, um, and, it, and at least in what we get to do as string teachers, um, it just it's so much different than I think it would be if if I was teaching math or, or or a core subject. But um we have to to instill in our students that love and joy of seeing the growth in our students, but also just the ability that we can go and make something beautiful happen and uh, it, and it's always super fun to be able to to see especially especially beginners when they come in and they know very little or nothing and then by the end of the year they're actually they are making music and and they they've started on that journey it's just it's it's hard to explain to uh people who have not been a part of it so that that's kind of our job i think is that we have to inspire them to want to to want to make that music and to want to have just something joyful to do um mm-hmm. it's that's mm-hmm. that's that's why we're here you know
1: well and i was noting uh, um matthew when he was talking about just the region that he particularly lives in mm-hmm. i grew up in a region like that that had one yeah. of these and in- you know, anomaly string programs that had been there for a really long time um, and was a tradition. And in the same way, in the region I live in now, it's a long ways to anywhere (laughs) from out here. Okay. And um, it's isolated. um, And there are specific traditions that are known, like more massively known, sort of like the football mentality, right? Um, Versus like the soccer mentality, right? and it's just an understanding
0: just so our audience knows um Texas Tech is in Lubbock.
1: Lubbock, America. So we have <laughs> the most beautiful sunsets and the most beautiful sunrises and today happened to be one of those days where the entire sky was orange in the morning with I love beautiful you just you could see to New Mexico. It's it's amazing. Um That is amazing. It's six hours to Dallas and about five or six hours to Santa Fe and Albuquerque. Um, so it's, it's, it's out here, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, it's a large place and um, we have a division one university <laughs> and a research one institution. Yeah. And so we have all the things that normal, you know, normal city people would <laughs> understand, right. but at the same time, it, it does feel isolated, of course, but um, It's a beautiful community that um, is arts-rich in so many different ways. And the string programs are one of those things, which is incredible.
0: Yes, that's so nice. Uh, When I was growing up um, in uh, Northeast Ohio, um, we were the only, um, you know, the the school districts are a lot smaller by the Mm -hmm. city, and so we were the only school district in our county that had strings, and there were there weren't that many, um, and so again, it was kind of a similar way. It was it was a big tradition, and uh, the director I had 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 done a, a lot uh, with the schools and and um, a lot of community outreach. So it was it was well supported, but again, yeah. um, feeling very very confident to that or very uh, fortunate that we had something like that. Because had I lived yeah. just a few minutes uh, down the road. I wouldn't have had the opportunity, and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I don't know what I would be doing.
1: <laughs> I was just talking about that with a student. Um, I always ask my students, in you know, primarily in the methods classes, which um, if if they're here for music education, how many of you um, had a string program in your high school or in your district? And mm-hmm. the numbers are generally pretty small.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and it just. I'm not sure what the
0: latest percentages. I know at one point it was around 18%.
1: Yeah. Um but mostly it's, you know, it depends on what kind of place they came from. So if they live in mm-hmm. Dallas-Fort Worth, sure. If they're from kind of central Texas or, you know, panhandle area, not not as prevalent. So yeah. it just kind of depends on where they're from, too. But yeah, we were talking about that that part of um Just, you know, what, what would it have been like, what would you have done if strings or music education hadn't been present? And a student asked me that the other day and my dad had, they'd closed an oil refinery and that's where he lived or worked. And that's where we lived. Um, So we had to move. And when we moved, there was a string program there. Wow. So what would I have done if we had still lived in my home hometown, right? Yeah, um, right. So intriguing things to think about, but at the same time, yeah, it's it such your path. Yeah, it really and does. I'm, uh,
0: yeah, and I just found out uh, two days ago that I'm losing one of my really fine cellists. Um, they're moving out of town and uh, still staying in Georgia, but to an area that has no string program. And yeah, and he he's a junior and he's kind of crushed. And <sighs> yeah. and we're just trying to figure out you know something for him to do, and whether it's to to be in the band so he at least he has music instruction on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they you know can afford um private lessons and and things like that, but he's he's really a lot of talent, and it just uh breaks my heart to know that he's moving away and going somewhere he should where just they don't
1: play, play the bassoon part on his cello in the band
0: <laughs> I right? mean he probably could i guess see. but uh I don't know yeah so i i I reinforce with my students pretty regularly how fortunate they need to be to have the opportunity because we get pretty spoiled in the Atlanta area and you know, everybody has string programs and um, a lot of really good quality programs here. And, and, and a lot of uh, great teachers um, but it's not that way everywhere. And we have to just make our students understand that and respect that and be yeah. appreciative. So
1: you bet. And we're really thankful. Um, in the Lubbock area, Lubbock ISD has generally been the largest school district around, um, and there are two um, other districts close by that um, in recent years have grown exponentially. And in one of those districts, they just adopted a strings program this last year. So this is the first year for that wow. program in mm-hmm. that school, which is so crucial Um And we're super excited for their district and the students that um, graduate both from the Suzuki and the String Project and that are a part of the youth orchestras that can continue to attend their home school district, et cetera. So we continue to work on expanding that, you know, no matter where we live.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's, it's so important. So important. You know, we, we, we have to, to make people realize that it's, without without strings it's not it's not a well-rounded music program you know right yeah so so, well fantastic um anything else that you would like to to add or say um are you going to be at midwest in a couple weeks
1: i will not be at midwest Oh, okay unfortunately um but i will be i think my my list is colorado kansas texas In the spring and Asta, great. I will see
0: you at Texas and at Asta. Yay! Yay!
1: (laughs) And um, I, I think I would just you know want to say that you know thank all of the string teachers across the country for what they're doing every day and continue because we are the fastest growing part of music education across the country. And yay! um, That is you know, completely indebted to, um, those who came before us, but also Mm -hmm. those that are doing it every day, like yourself, um, in those schools and encouraging students to pursue whatever their dreams might be. And hopefully crossing fingers, music education too.
0: (laughs) It's, it's exciting that it is an exciting time. That figure is very exciting. And, um, there, there's just so many great things happening in, in our profession and, um, I just I just love the energy when we go to Midwest or particularly Asta because it's you know we're all string people there and mm-hmm. it's just such a such a great feeling and everybody gets it and um, you just pick up so many great tips and the networking and um, even just socializing it's just a, a wonderful time and I think Orlando is going to be a really great conference too.
1: Yes, agreed. Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Me too. Well, uh, Blair, thank you so much for being here. And uh, it is a, a pleasure to have you. We are trying to um, kind of diversify um, our guests and choose teachers from different uh, walks of the string t- teaching profession. So I will be doing um, some episodes at Midwest um, and uh, live uh, at Midwest. And um, it's going to be less studio sounding and more live and chaotic sounding, but it's going to be exciting and fun to be able to uh, interview some teachers and others from the profession. But um, again, thanks for coming uh, on our program today. And um, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions or just want to reach out?
1: Sure. Um, I think probably my Texas Tech email would be the best. And it's Mm -hmm. Blair, B-L-A-I-R dot Williams at T-T-U dot E-D-U you can find me on facebook and in the asta discussion chat board that's brand new and stuff like that too so that is yeah the the Happy new discussion to... boards are
0: going to be great i'm yeah. looking forward to uh those going on right now they're kind of in a a soft rollout but they're going to be doing yeah. um the, the asta it's a it's a basically a discussion board um for asta members and i've already the dialogue and conversations uh, on there are just incredible so um, if if you're not a part of that yet as an ASTA member you will be uh, hearing about that very soon because um, it will be uh, released i guess to everybody um really soon and uh, it's going to be an exciting thing so um, i just heard from um uh, Monica Schultz who is the uh our i guess our CEO exec- yeah. yeah CEO um, through our uh, K12 uh, committee uh, that this was going to be going uh toward to everybody very soon so awesome very very cool very exciting and another another tool that we're going to be able to use to continue to network and get you know all this great information um out and pick everybody's brains because that's how we all become better (laughs) you bet this is our second episode of the uh orchestra teacher podcast and signing off this is charles laux and dr blair williams We will see you on the next episode live from the Midwest Clinic in Chicago. The music you are listening to is Nimrod from the Enigma Variations by Edward Algar, performed by the Lubbock Civic Orchestra under the direction of Dr. Blair Williams.